0: Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal, and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening
1: to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media.
2: This the beginning of 2023. So exciting! It is so exciting. We're going into we're going to be going into year three. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so great. It's
1: so great. Thank you to all of those that listen to us ramble week to week. From the we're beginning. not
2: changing. We're not
1: changing. It's, it's gonna be. It's gonna still be. Sarah was saying something over the holiday about. All the prep work she does for the podcast, I was like,
2: yeah, Christine, I don't do that. Consistency is key. We just, just get on roll. and chat. Roll, roll, roll. There's been a couple of guests I've done some homework for. So
1: yeah, same. Like if I know there's something specific I want to ask people. But then there's also been a few guests, because we want to we try to create it like we're just hanging out with them, right? So, yeah. You don't know, talk with people who hang out normally. That's true. But there have been a few that I was like, oh, I should have maybe done a little more homework beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a big deal or something. That's funny. Speaking of a big deal, <laughs> as I was in a call a minute ago, I just saw something come up on my, well, I saw your face pop up on the Unbound.
2: Yes. Something in there. I know, right? Um, it's really. If people don't know, tell them what's happening. Okay. It's, it's truly, it's truly not that big of a deal. Like everybody's making it this big deal, but, um, we are starting if, if it's the spirit of
1: gravel. That's the big question. Is there, is, can I make a fun of people in another video
2: about not, not <laughs> to, uh, not to point people to another podcast? Of course I want to people point to people to another podcast, but Ian Boswell, we just fin- wrapped up a, a podcast with him that he aired just a few minutes ago, um, that you can listen to that, that goes, that goes over all of the the updates to Unbound. He wanted to call it changes.
1: Slightly making fun of him and some of my social media posts. I I'll, I'll go
2: with, which I really like Ian. I don't really know, but I really like him. I just no, he's amazing. Yes. Truly, truly great guy. And really is here to to try to make sure that we're we're hand, growing the future of the sport responsibly, which I appreciate. Yeah. But bottom line, I mean, he wanted to call it changes to unbound gravel. I'm like, it's really not changes, they're just some updates. We're we're going to go ahead and let the pros, the elite athletes, we're sending them off ten minutes before the six o'clock start time of the mass event. And is elite still self-selected? So I could be like it's self-selected. You can do that, but we are actually going to monitor that as well. So we'll be reviewing people that select elite as their as their um, category. And you know, if there's a question about their results or whatever, we'll call them up and ask them. You know, yeah. so. Um, It's self-selected. If you select elite, you're removed from the age group category. That's nothing different. Um, So the elites, when they roll out, that race is gone and the media circus goes with them and we can have a safer start for everybody. Yeah. Um, If people that haven't ridden or like haven't ever been at the
1: actual front of the start line, which I've gotten to be the last two years, it's insane. It's insane. cameras in your face everywhere media, just like, and you all are like, get out
2: of the street. You have to, I've yelled at so many people. It wasn't me. I was good. Yeah. We're just, we're, we're going to tighten that start up and let those folks roll on out. Um, and and then we're going to let the women go two minutes after the pro men leave. So hopefully we get to cover that women's race a little bit better. Um, that, you know, I know people that have listened, know I've, I'm, I wasn't super stoked on that one, but, um, you know, majority rules in this, in this space. And I don't think it's going to hurt to try it for sure. Um, mm-hmm. we are not doing these changes to the 100 yet. We're trying them in this 200 space to see what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also did eliminate any sort of arrow bar, clip-on bar, anything for the pro literally category, literally the puppy paws. Yeah. No puppy well, paws. you can puppy paw. Just so, not the
1: little puppy paw. paw, can't paw have it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Puppy paws doesn't have that puppy paws. Just, you, you just rest them over your handlebar. No, no, no.
1: But, Stetna and Ted or somebody had a conversation about these little thing, these little
2: tiny, like, yes, nubs bars called and they're called, they call them puppy paws. Hmm. Okay. Well, there's another term for puppy paws too then. So anyway, whatever, uh, that's just for the elite. Uh, the, the everyday writer that's out there to just do their personal best and take on a challenge. Um, you know, we did, we cleaned up our rules, um, which we've updated. So you can go and look at them, but really what we cleaned up were things that we weren't policing. So, um, you know, we, we kind of felt like if we, if we, we had a rule in the rule book that we were not enforcing, we've removed it. So, which that's not a, that's really not that big of a change. So it's updates. You have to
1: try different things, right? And yeah, as the sport is growing, you want people, it's a lot of money on the line for the people that win that race. Like it's a career maker, not just with the Grand Prix, but it is a career maker for them. You want them to have a solid, clean race.
2: And that doesn't, I don't, I don't think it's going to impact everybody else's race. Uh, No. And you're still going to be, I mean, we're not letting them have the premier start time I mean, they, they start well, all line, everybody is going to be down there lined up at the beginning, but, um, so everybody's going to be there together at the same start line. We're just letting that circus. I keep calling it the circus kind of roll on out of town and then we'll have our big mass start party. So, yeah, yeah.
1: That's a little how triathlon does it right. Like at the Ironman level, the pros start 15 minutes before the age groupers. I've never been like, oh man, I felt like my race was cheated because of that.
2: Well, and if that's how you feel, then, then probably looking for smaller races is the better option. So, yeah, there's lots of ways. To there's do. lots of ways to deal, to do gravel. No, I
1: but, enjoy reading the comments on your social media posts. for the I
2: next day. <laughs> I, Well, did you read the Velo news headline though? That was yeah. very frustrating again. Like it's just a clickbait headline. Yeah. So, oh, well you know, I'll have to take that up with Betsy, but I was just like, really? It makes it sound like bars. I know, I know, but dang it. Why do we have to be so drama filled? Like why, why create the drama? Why? It's just, it's just bike racing. Yeah. So anyway, whatever. That's my news. How about you? How was your uh, end of the year beginning of this one? It was good. I
1: uh, was really lazy and I actually talked to Karen Jarko, Jarko, Jarko and she was like, don't say lazy. Blah, blah, and I was like, oh no, I've embraced lazy. as a good thing. <laughs> like I really, I just, I've discovered over the years, I really need that break mm-hmm. between Christmas and like my goal, my goal is like, I cleaned out the closet one day. I did that. And then one day I took stuff to the goodwill. <laughs> like it wasn't, there was no like big agenda. Sarah and I had to have a meeting and I was like, I can schedule it in between my morning reading and my afternoon nap.
2: There you go. So that's the, that's the big thing I've put back into my schedule is reading, doing 20 pages a day. Nice. I read 122 books last year. That's I, I miss that. And I, yeah, so that's one of my big things. Some of it was not because I had frozen shoulder like for
1: six months and I couldn't sleep with it. So a lot of that was because I was reading usually between 2 and 4 a.m. most nights because I was in pain. <laughs> so, were in pain. So my goal is for my book, my number of books to go way down in 2023 because I sleep at night, but yeah, it makes a big difference in how
2: you feel and your crankiness yes. level. Yeah, for sure. So
1: anyway. Yeah. Uh, Well, we have an exciting guest today. We're going to talk to uh, Caro Poole, who is one of our friends in Bentonville. She um, was part of the Gravel Festival last year. She's on the Volusio Exploro team, and she's a new mom. So I'm sure we're going to talk about what it's like to be a new mom in the space. All of that. All of the things. So we'll get on to our interview
3: with Caro Poole. (laughs)
2: <laughs> did we freak you
3: out now yeah i've that never weird? heard that before and then like this bubble like appeared on my screen so i was like got it okay
1: but we are not live on anything
3: we were just no. yeah good perfect
1: <laughs> okay if people are like who is that we have carol pool with us today
3: i'm so excited to finally Yay! have you on here <laughs> yay thank you for having me
1: <laughs> of course so uh you helped at our gravel festival last year in Bentonville that's when I got to know you
3: you were quite pregnant um yes. at that event I think I was oh, that was May yeah she came yeah July, that right? was my that was I yeah she was born Cammy was born June 29th so I was I was in my like eighth month of pregnancy. I was big. Yeah. Well, I just remember I walk over cause you were doing kind of a, we were like, ah, oh, we've got all these topics.
1: We kind of want to talk about Amy was like, oh, Kara we'll talk about them. And I walk over and they're like 35, 40 women sitting there. And I just hear you talking about how to change a tampon during
3: a group ride. And
1: I was like, oh my yeah. God, this is amazing.
3: <laughs> I know. I honestly have like no shame. Like I don't like that was, um, the talk was called everything but the kitchen sink, right? Yeah, that's perfect. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I I just went like all in, whatever you guys want to ask me, like, let's do it. Like I have nothing to nothing to hide. So we definitely talked about changing tampons well, in the middle of a, a ride. And
2: you wear the Velocio bibs, which are perfect
3: for changing tampons on a ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, those are incredible. <laughs> oh my God. Actually, I was just on a group ride on Sunday and it was myself and like one other woman crystal anthony sure. and uh like i had to pop a squat so what are you gonna do you're just gonna pull down those velocio biz because <laughs> it was all men you know yeah. so you gotta like figure it out yeah I'm just like going through the woods <laughs> well i feel like we jumped way
2: far ahead in the conversation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Probably. We missed the
2: intro. <laughs> we missed the who are you and how did you get into cycling? It's <laughs> been yeah,
3: um okay so I need to like talk about who yeah. I am. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: your story of getting into cycling psych- because you're not even American.
3: I'm not you know, you I'm Canadian. I live in Bentonville, Arkansas. Um I can't believe I live here As a Canadian, like, I can't believe I live in Arkansas, it's so crazy, but, (laughs) um, so cycling for me actually started in Montreal. So that's where I'm from, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And I was actually living in Australia. And when I moved to Montreal, I moved in with some friends and one of my roommates, he was like, well, you need to buy a bike this summer because all of us commute to the bars and to the clubs Uh on fixed gear bikes (laughs) so you're gonna need to get one yeah exactly the safest kind so he was like you're gonna have to get one or else you're gonna take the bus by yourself so I was like a little offended but um I ordered a bike online and honestly like that was that bike was the segue to years of riding and racing bikes after then. So, um, fixed gear commuting got me into fixed gear racing. So there was a while where I was just kind of focusing on like fixed gear, um, red hook crits. Um, what were the other ones? The fixation races at the intelligentsia crits. Um, just a few like races around the U S and Canada. And then, there was this one race. I remember this, like, I will never forget this day. I was racing at the fixation crit in Chicago. And I was like grinding this heavy gear. And there was a small, like the smallest false flat. And I went to change gears and you can't do that on a fixed gear. And I was like, Oh my God, I hate this. (laughs) Like I never want to do this. I was just like trying to find gears and I had no gears and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm done. Like, I think I'm done with the, the fixed gear stuff. So after that, I like segued into road racing and crit racing. And for a few years I was doing that. Um, I joined a team in the U S called Wolfpack and we did the USA crits. And then COVID happened and I'm sure a lot of athletes can relate to this, but I kind of 2020 was fine. Like, you know, I just sort of segued into lots of training, but then 2021 was kind of a year where I realized I didn't there were some things I had to change in my life. I feel like I'm going on like this whole no, you're, like, this is perfect. Okay. <laughs> this whole path. Um I don't know, 2021 was a little hard for me in terms of racing road. So I basically like threw in the towel during a race. And at that year I was racing for a gravel team as well. So I was slowly segueing my way into gravel. And then after I quit road racing, i just decided to go all in for gravel racing. So in 2022, I applied to Britley's team, Velocio Exploro, and I got in and it was amazing. And then I got pregnant two weeks later. (laughs) Perfect timing. Surprise. No, no, no. It was planned, but like it was taking so long. And I just kind of was like, oh, well, I should do this anyway. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I
1: mean, there's only so many years that you're fertile as a woman. Like, you gotta.
3: yeah totally and um so i kind of just to like sort of sum this all up (laughs) i have been racing for like almost not like just shy of 10 years and i went from fixed gear to road to gravel so going into 2023 i'm doing a full gravel calendar it will be my first year doing specifically only gravel and i'm really excited about that the end the end (laughs) nice
1: and did you say
3: when how you ended
1: up in bentonville sorry my dog like had a moment in the middle of that
3: um yeah no problem i put my dog away because i knew he would (gasps) like make some noise um so my husband worked my husband is also canadian also from montreal He worked at Guru Cycles for 11 years, and when the year we met, actually, the company was going bankrupt, Guru, and um, I'm sure you guys have all heard of Allied Cycle Works. So, Allied basically flew to Canada to buy all the equipment to start Allied, and Olivier was at the auction to buy all the things. And he basically was purchased in the auction himself. <laughs> he bought
1: him in an auction, <laughs> and he's like, "Honey, we're moving
3: pretty much." <laughs> <And you're> like, <laughs> we'll take the Canadian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he like just to be clear, so he met the guy that started the company, and and he was like, "Who are you?" And the, he was like, "Well, who are you?" And he's like, "Well, I make bikes, and I don't know." So we were in Little Rock, and then the company was um, acquired by the Waltons, so now we're in Bentonville another scene
1: scene. (laughs) i mean i feel like bentonville's way better than little rock if you're going to be in arkansas
3: yes (laughs) I, i won't go like too much into it i really love the relationships um i actually started gravel riding in little rock like my friendships um that I have created through gravel riding are irreplaceable. So if they could all just move to Bentonville, then it would be perfect. (laughs) Yeah. You'll have a good crew there though. So yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Don't want to leave the Bentonville crew behind.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What was it about gravel riding that when you were over the road racing that you were like, Oh, this feels like something I want to really be a part of.
3: I, I've always really loved long distance riding. I mean, I actually prefer road racing over crit racing, but the team that I fell into was a crit based team. So I, I think I just got burnt out really quickly in that. And then all the road races, I mean, they're just, there's like four in the United States. Like they're just I really, like, I really enjoyed road racing because of the distances, and I felt like gravel was kind mm. of similar in that way. Um, I don't enjoy, I, I mean, I've never done an ultra race, but I don't see myself doing that. Like, I like the 100 to 150 range, um, but I don't know. There's something, there was something about, like, the road racing scene Um, And to be honest, the team that I was on, I wasn't feeling very comfortable on it anymore. So all of that just kind of put together, just just like wasn't appealing to me anymore. And gravel riding, I I don't know. There's just like something about being on a gravel road that is just- The best? Different. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. And like gravel races are awesome. Like you can go to a gravel race and be super competitive and, you know, like be in the front, like that front, like zone all day and, you know, rub elbows with people. And then you get a flat and you got to fix it. And it takes like 40 minutes, maybe not
2: 40 minutes, (laughs) but you know what I mean? It feels like when you're
3: fixing it. it. (laughs) Yeah, it does. But I mean, like you can have a really bad mechanical on gravel and then it But like, it almost doesn't even matter because there's going to be people around you all the time and you can just like refocus your day mm-hmm. and just ride with people and get to know people. And you can't do that in a road race. You can't do that in a crit, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. There's just something um that is very appealing to me at the moment in my life. Yeah. Well, you—we we talked at the beginning of this, like, you being very
2: pregnant when you came to the Girls Gone Gravel Festival. Um, I really felt like, because um, I haven't seen it, uh, Velocio should have done a photo shoot um, with you uh, in the, like because it wasn't maternity wear, but you were definitely rocking the kits. They were they were they were definitely working for you. <laughs>
3: Yeah. I have, there's a picture that comes to mind and, um, I'm like in the sun and like my belly is like sticking out <laughs> and I'm like full Velocio. Um, I gotta say those bibs were literally the most handy, like accessory of my pregnancy just because I had to pee like every five minutes yeah.
1: on a bike ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they kind of hug your belly in too, right? So.
3: Yeah, they do. It, it was, um, I kept calling it it was like this mesh panel on the top, like on the front. I kept calling it my, my like hammock for my <laughs> belly. It was amazing. It was perfect. Honestly, that's awesome. <laughs> I loved it.
1: Well, you helped us write an article about riding and pregnancy. And, um, you know, I think obviously there's plenty of women that ride throughout their pregnancy, but it, it, there has been a switch, right? Because for a long time, people were like, I can't believe you get on a bike when you're pregnant. And there was, there was, and still like, I think it was in the eighties that they changed the guidelines, um, for, for women to continue exercising through pregnancy, but some doctors still haven't gotten that memo. Um, so did you, did you know, like when you got pregnant, you were like, I still want to ride throughout my pregnancy. Did, any, did you get any pushback or like, how did you figure out what worked for you
3: and your body? I mean, I didn't, I didn't really feel like there was a problem. (laughs) I can say that I definitely got some weird looks, (laughs) like at at stoplights, you know. Um, But I always just rode within my ability and comfort zones and what felt right. Everybody in Benville and beyond have actually been like so supportive. I never got any backlash from it. Um, I think that I, I asked, um, I asked Laura King a lot of questions about it too, because, you know, that was her, she also rode through pregnancy and it was her second child. So um, she was incredibly helpful and motivating during that time as well. But I mean, I don't know. I just like, there was never a question that i wasn't gonna do it but it didn't feel out of the ordinary like i didn't feel like special because i was pregnant and riding if that makes sense i just felt like this is what i do i like to ride my bike i'm just gonna do it until the end did you did you go till the end i think like the last two weeks before i gave birth i did go on like a commuter ride kind of thing. It was so big. That's,
2: I mean, that's so where big. my, my friend Heidi is due any minute. And I did a couple of rides with her down like at, at Thanksgiving time in Patagonia. <clears throat> and I know, I mean, she's obviously been just like you inspired by Laura King and Laura had been down there riding with her. And I think, you know, Heidi definitely started feeling like it wasn't, she wasn't comfortable and it wasn't safe and just listened and just, and just was like, okay, I think, I either need to go super short, I or I need to always make sure I have somebody with me, or maybe I should just be hiking right now instead of
3: being on my bike. So that's the thing. I think it's just important to go with like your gut and your 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 limits. That's it. My one of my really good friends actually loaned me her e mountain bike for like the last three months of my pregnancy. So I just like would commute around town or like go on little greenway rides and stuff. I was mountain biking a little bit, but then the torque that you have to put in the pedals and everything, like I just couldn't do it. Like my core was occupied. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, you know? like, just, <laughs> That's one way to say it.
3: <laughs> there was like no space. Um, yep. And, oh, I do remember though, literally like a week before I gave birth, we went to a friend's um a friend's baby's one year birthday and my husband was we we have a a cargo bike with like that seat on the back that's like not really a seat it's like a plank (laughs) and uh he rode us to like this other neighborhood and when we got back i was like i can't do that again like that was so bad it was just like the most uncomfortable thing ever and i remember he like put a towel down for some extra cushion for me but i was just like it ain't gonna fit it (laughs) (laughs) no more but yeah i mean i would say like for anyone who wants to ride during pregnancy just always like listen to their body because some people can do so much more than others you know yeah yeah
1: yeah. I remember one of the things you talked about in that article is you really have to pay attention to your nutrition or mm-hmm. because you talked about one time you, you under you underplanned and you were like, I'm going straight to McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> and and I was doing some research and like that's actually quite true with breastfeeding as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Like yeah. You can be you can get yourself in big trouble if you're not careful um at fueling yourself breastfeeding because you actually burn more calories than you do. Breastfeeding, breastfeeding
3: is the best. <laughs> To burn calories, yes, it's amazing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know. I I, um, I made a point that every time Kemi was drinking, like I would drink, we would drink together. Water, because, not because w- yeah, moms. you get like super dehydrated. <laughs> You're just thirsty yeah. all the time. Like it's crazy. Yeah, I yeah. I, I, but the McDonald's thing. <laughs> oh my god! I went on a ride with my friends and. Um, yeah. We like rode by the McDonald's. I, first of all, I like ate all their food. I <laughs> ate all my food. I ate all their food. And then we rode by the McDonald's and I was like, oh my God, I need like a Dr. Pepper or something. And all the cravings started coming. And then as soon as I got home, I was like, Olivier, can you please go get me some McDonald's? And he's like, absolutely. And he went and got me some Aww. McDonald's.
0: <laughs> but
3: yeah, the cravings, The well, the the nutrition part is definitely like you need to keep tabs on that for sure. I mean, there's like a little baby inside you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. taking all your nutrition. <laughs> well, it was interesting because I was listening to a podcast
1: with um Chelsea Sedaros' coach, which she just won Ironman World yeah. Championship eighteen months postpartum, right? Which is huge. Um, yeah, her <laughs> coach, who has like his wife, had like obviously they have children. Um. But he was like, yeah, we didn't realize how many calories that she needed ha- when she was breastfeeding. And she ended up in low energy availability and with a stretch factor." And I'm like, that's a problem Whoa. when a coach that's coaching the best in the world doesn't understand women's nutritional needs to the point that they end up under fueling because they, we just don't know like, oh, when you're breastfeeding, you need X number more calories than you, right? Like it just shows how little
3: we've considered what women can do after pregnancy. <laughs> I think there's a huge disconnect about most things when it comes to pregnancy and postpartum. Like in terms of reality, I don't know. Um, There's a lot of things that I had to sort of research on my own and ask questions or ask friends because doctors don't really provide you that information. I don't know. I wonder if that's ever going to change. I feel like you just like... You need to find a doctor who's just with the times. I don't know. And I don't know if you're going to find that in Arkansas.
1: <laughs> well, I, mean, <laughs> I remember Sarah goes talking about, she's the, you know, owns Feisty or started Feisty. And she was a professional triathlete when she had her child. And the doctors were like, you have an exercise problem. And she's like,
3: oh, yeah. Right. Like,
1: yeah. You know, I'm working out half of what I was working out before. I need think that that's way too much, It's just like, and I know my body so well because I'm a professional, I've been a professional athlete for 13 years.
3: I know what you're saying. Like I tried to, I tried to tell my, I really liked my doctor. Um, I tried to tell her what riding was for me and what racing was, but I feel like most people can't grasp right. it unless they're really in the community. And I went to Mid-South, and I was 20-something weeks pregnant. And I did the 50-mile race, and then I came back, and I was tired. I mean, I spent, like, four days with my teammates and did 50 miles, like, pregnant. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> okay, that's normal. And I remember she was like, yeah, you probably don't want to do that again. And I was like, well, now I have to do it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I just – they, I feel like unless they know – well, I say that yet that coach couldn't know, but that's different because I don't know. I feel sorry. I'm like all over the place <laughs> right no, now. No. It just proves <laughs> a point though, right? Like if you're yeah coaching
1: the best in the world, mm-hmm. maybe do a little more research. And I, that's yeah. like, he just said that, like, we, we had no idea. It was kind of the way he said it. And I was like, really? You had no idea. <laughs>
3: He also probably just doesn't have that instinct in him because he's a man. And like I'm not man-hating. It's just literally not in his...
1: Yeah. Well, and now he'll know if he ever coaches another part of a woman at that level again. But that was like like
2: breastfeeding twins. There was no doubt how hungry I was. It was like, get out. That's a full-time job. It was a full-time job. Yeah.
1: But the culture is... Like the culture that we put on women is get your body back as soon as you have, as soon as you push that baby back, get your body back.
2: Yeah. yeah Instead
1: of going actually feed and nourish your body and give it what it needs because now you're sustaining a human.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. And I have these friends who are coaches and I remember I was trying to explain to them how excited I was to get back into training. And they were like, you know, like you don't need to, go all in right now. Like, it's going to be really hard for you. Like, you know, you might disappoint yourself. And for me, it's not like, I don't expect myself to be where I was in 2020 and 2021 physically, you know, and in strength and everything like appearance and all that. For me, it's more like I literally just carried a baby for nine months and I rode my bike, pushed her out, And now I'm, like, getting back into it. So, like, I just want to see the progression that I'm capable of making. Mm -hmm. So, like, I tested, I did an FTP the other day, or I was on a ride, and, like, my best 20-minute was 220 watts. And that's not a lot. But, like, I don't care. Like, I literally trained, like, six hours a week for nine months or less. So the emphasis needs to be on like the excitement that you like can like the, it's like the gradual steps that you're able to do. Like, do you know what I mean? Like
2: you're, you're talking about the excitement being based on what your body's capable of doing and how you're, and how you're moving yourself back into, into the space. And exactly, I mean, that's, that's the part that, that when you focus on that, it changes, it
3: changes the perception of success. Exactly. And like, to me, I feel incredibly successful right now because I just went on a group ride with like the fast guys in Bentonville and I did really well, Uh you know, and like, to me, that's more important than pushing out an FTP of like 260 to 300 Uh in the moment. You know, I just like, I don't know, I think people need to sort of look at everyday every day is like an improvement, not like, well, okay. I've been postpartum for three months. Like I should be, you know, back to my race weight. I should be looking like this. My jeans should be fitting. It's, it's honestly like really toxic to yeah. th- think about the other version of that. For sure. Uh, I'm not, wow. I still don't fit into my jeans. I really don't care. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, And it's not like yeah. there are lots of, Ways that a woman's body changes over her lifetime, right? Whether it's pregnancy, yeah. or menopause, or injury, or, you know, just like life stress. And so I think we do like pregnancies are very, like you define, you see your body change so much, right? In such a short time yeah. and then start to change back. But I think like this thing is true for all of us of going wherever we are, like, like do what feels right for your body and get the best out of it where you are instead of going, well, I should be here. Or I used Mm -hmm. to be here and I lost the joy of it because I can't do that anymore. So
3: yeah. Yeah. I'm actually like kind of blown away at how fast my body can bounce has bounced back, not like my physical body, but like in terms of strength and like my muscle power and everything like specifically on the bike and training, like I can't believe I am where I am already. Yeah. I don't know. Muscle memory is a cool it thing. It is a cool thing.
2: <laughs> and it, I think it, it's the the bigger picture of that is just the the thing that you learn from that is being active your entire life. It's It's crazy. The benefit of that, like the muscle memory, it just, it sticks with you and you have to try really, really hard to get rid of it if you stay, if you've been active and you, and you keep moving, um, whatever it is. So
1: to live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside inside tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body inside tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. InsideTracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about InsideTracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any InsideTracker plan? Which means you can purchase InsideTracker using your tax-free dollars. Oh, and when it gets better, for a limited time, you get 20% off the entire InsideTracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit InsideTracker.com/feisty. That's InsideTracker.com/feisty. How was, um, big sugar was your first race back, right? After.
3: Yeah, I did little sugar. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess, okay. That was October. So I was like four months postpartum about, cause I gave birth end of June. So like June 29. So basically July 1st, um, <laughs> that's Canada day. <laughs> Um, and I think, so I took, okay, I'm going to get like full detailed about my experience.
1: (laughs) I would expect nothing less from somebody that (laughs) was telling everybody how to change tampons (laughs) in a group, right?
3: Right. So, um, giving birth was actually, it really, I don't know how to say this without sounding can I swear on this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. like sounding like a dick, but it was really easy for me. Um, I, had an, I had an incredible experience and I am very grateful. Like I will – I honestly like don't even know if I can have another child just because of how well everything went. Um, but she did tear mm-hmm. a nice yeah. section in my body. Um, so I took three weeks completely off because the doctor, she said it takes two to three weeks for stitches to heal. So that I was like, I'm not going to mess with that. Like I want to get back on my bike, but you know, let's be real here. Um, so after the three weeks passed, I started riding my bike, like, you know, on the Greenway, nice and chill. And then I think I got back with my coach maybe a month after that or something. So, Little Sugar, I was, like, kind of off the couch, you know. But I probably had one of the best races, like, probably the best, I would say top five of my life. (laughs) Like, I was so excited to be there, and I feel like it just had everything. Like, I got mechanicals. uh, I got – what did I get? No, just a few mechanicals. Um, And then I had this, like, battle with, like – this local kid and this woman from Canada actually. And then, you know, like we were fighting for position and I was with one group and then this other group and it was just a very dynamic race and it was the best way for me to come back. And I feel like I probably had the best day out of everyone that was there. <laughs> <laughs> <honestly>. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first race back. And, um, Like I said, it was, like, the best race I've ever had or top five. And it just, like, motivated me so much for 2023 and kind of, like, changed my mentality about racing. So I feel like I'm going into 2023 with a really good headspace about racing. Love it. it Because it can get pretty tough mentally, I would say.
1: Yeah. I love that. And what, uh, cause I know that I heard the announcer go, give her her baby. W- was there like, um, do you have that mom guilt piece or how have you, how are you managing that?
3: Um, I don't, um, you know, there's definitely times where I'll be on a ride and, I'll think to myself, oh my God, I've been riding for two hours and I haven't thought about Kemi once. And I'm like, is this bad? (laughs) Am I a bad person? Am I a bad mom? And I'm just like, no, like I have to live my life. Like I'm out doing something that I love, you know, she's safe. She's happy. Like she's really well fed. (laughs) I didn't just
1: leave her at home in a basket.
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She's with someone, you know? But no i haven't I haven't felt that yet. She did have her first sleepover the other day, and that kind of like freaked me out, but it was more like she didn't even know that I was gone. <laughs> like, very independent <laughs> but no i I would say i'm I'm adapting well to that. yeah, 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 that's awesome. Yeah, we'll see what happens this season though, because um I will be spending time away from her for more than one night. And yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure I'll cry. (laughs) So that that kind of brings me to this. What is 2023 for you? 2023. So uh, back with Velocio Exploro, I love that team so much. It's Probably the best team that I've ever been on. Um, Even though I wasn't with them a lot in 2022 because I was pregnant, I felt so connected to them the whole year. And I'm just excited to see them again. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna kick off this season at Mid South, I believe. Yes, Mid South. Um, and then I'm gonna do okay, Mid South, and then Girls Gone Gravel. You made the Gravel Fest again. <laughs> yeah. Again. Um, and then Unbound 200. So that's Woo-hoo. gonna be my first 200. My first in the elite field. Experience. Yes, if, I, if you will allow me to, Christy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Christy and I were just talking about field, I hope so. the
3: oh.
1: new elite field starting before. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> starting before the rest of the field. I don't know if you saw that article that just came out. Yeah, Kara, she, I she did. shared I it did. right before yeah. we got on. I saw that
2: she shared the. the
1: oh, story. yeah, I
3: did. <sighs> um, and then, oh, before that, I'll do Rule of Three, of course. And. And then after Gravel Worlds, I haven't done that one. I'm excited for that too. And then Big Sugar, but I kind of want to do the 50 because it's in October and it's like, you know, it's like later in the season. And our gravel here is so hard. If you have never been here and you are, you know, coming for that, like just prepare yourself. Um, The 50 is a hard course and I feel like it could be very dynamic and exciting just as exciting as the 100 if not maybe more because it's shorter but I don't know we'll see we'll see what happens I've done the 100 like as a training ride a few times it's also an amazing course yeah the hundreds they're both they're
2: both those courses are those were fun developing those for sure it's oh yeah yeah, I bet they're amazing courses
3: yeah so we'll see but that's that's that so far and then some local stuff nice got to support the locals <laughs>
1: yeah well it sounds like you've got a great season ahead of you
2: <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing last you time. seeing all of you at uh, mid-south that'll be fun so
3: oh yeah I love that race last year was my first experience um I was pregnant of course that was so weird going to a team camp pregnant <laughs> like, the girls were of course like incredibly supportive and like was they I felt it was weird they obviously I mean I don't think they thought it was think it was weird but I just kept looking around and be like I'm literally pregnant <laughs> like,
1: I think you're going to just you're, you're we actually talked to um Rose Grant right before the break like we did a kind of a little retirement and you know we talked about like she was one of the very first women in cycling that had a baby while she was racing. And then of course there's yeah there's I'm like, it's coming. Like all these women that are racing elite are in the right age if they're gonna have children. Like so I think you're gonna find yourself in the next five years just surrounded by other moms.
3: Yeah. I, I mean- don't want to go
1: to the pointy end and be a mom. Like yeah. there's not one That's of these
3: for sure. I mean that was one of the reasons why we waited so long. I like you race your bike, you have an amazing season and then you're like, Oh, I got to do it again. (laughs) And then you have another good season. You're like, well, I got to do it again. And like you, this doesn't happen to men. Like you literally have to stop what you're passionate about to create something like you, your life, like not that it takes a hold. And again, you don't have to stop doing like riding your bike or anything, but You cannot train the same way. You cannot do the same races. So you you really have to make a sacrifice to make this living thing and- But that's the cool thing, is that
2: we can make living things.
3: Yes, of course, (laughs) definitely. We can make living things
2: and then we can feed
3: them. That's insane. Like, yeah, we literally make them live. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The power but it's is like, ours. <laughs> it's so hard, though, to, like, find the time or, or to kind of decide when your time is to do that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I have a friend back home in Montreal, and um, her she's always been, like, um, like, the party girl and, like, everyone always gravitated towards her and she was one of our first friends that was pregnant and I I was talking to her and I was like oh I'm kind of surprised that you're pregnant now and she's like well you know we were talking about it and we were like when would be the best time and it's never really a good time like there's never the best time to be pregnant like you have to do it and it's gonna take nine months so you might as well just get her done and (laughs) keep doing what you're doing.
2: I can hear the name of this podcast. Get, Get, her her
3: done. Done. <laughs> Get her
2: done. Yeah. Well,
3: that's a Canadian saying.
2: I'm stoked to see everything. It'll be a great year next year for sure. Yeah.
3: So. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting balancing a baby at races. Like we've been practicing at our local races, but traveling and like at Unbound, she's coming. Like yes. we're coming as a family with the team. And well, let me know if you need some yeah. some babysitter help. We'll help you find somebody. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Christy's so. got the pen. Anyone who offers me, like I always take them up on it, just FYI.
1: <laughs> That's good. Like
3: I think there's a you gotta you gotta work with the community. Yeah, definitely. And
1: maybe one day we're gonna start seeing breastfeeding tents at races and stuff.
3: Oh yeah. They started doing that at, um, at running races. I kind of forgot what they were.
1: Yeah. A few of the triathlons have them too now. Right. Because it just makes sense. Like if you're going to go race for a long time, you either need to pump or breastfeed. Like if you're doing a 200 miler and you're still breastfeeding, depending on how old your baby is at some point, it's going to become very uncomfortable if you don't (laughs) pump or feed.
3: (laughs) That happened to me. I was doing um a community ride. It was women only. it was a hundred k, and I think we were out there for like an elapsed time of six hours. It was gravel, and by the time it came back, I was like, "I gotta go. Like these things are like rocks. like I need to like <laughs> take care of this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I won't forget that. <sighs> Well,
1: um, I want to make sure that people know where to follow you if if they don't come to the festival, which there are still a few slots open. But if they don't come to the festival, where can they find you on social media and follow you your adventures this year?
3: Um, On Instagram, my name is Caro underscore piscine, which means pool, like swimming pool in French. So it's P I S C I N E.
1: I never knew why that was your your handle.
3: Yeah, some people think it's my last name, but it's not my last name. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, thanks so much for
1: working through uh, the computer issues and joining us today. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast and be sure to follow us at girls gone gravel on Instagram or Facebook.